0: all right good morning teach better family it is what is it tuesday november 2nd this is your daily drop-in i am jeff and i've got a very special guest here mickey hernandez gonna hang out with me for a little while this morning if you're watching or listening live drop in the comments let us know where you're at love to know what you're drinking i've got some coffee i'm, I'm representing the guided principles podcast a so shout out to rob Breyer on that uh we're gonna talk a little bit about we've got some some holidays to celebrate today including one that's very very near and dear to my heart so we'll, we'll get into that uh and a good news story that i that i just really enjoyed looking at this morning and hopefully bring some some joy to your day and we're gonna dive into the, the work that mickey does and uh the messages that she's sharing her new book that was just came out when did it come out came out a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. not yeah so so like fresh that's gonna mm-hmm. out. so we're gonna get into that because i love the message of the book and i really want to get into the message but also the backstory and where it comes from i'm really excited about that uh so drop in the comments so let us know what's going on we are live on facebook twitter youtube and twitch and if you're listening later you might be on the teach better talk podcast which we appreciate drop us drop us a subscribe maybe a rating review we'd appreciate that as well uh we we'll to be back in about 27 seconds <laughs> Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Daily Drop-In, where we're live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, and we are on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, and of course on the Teach Better Talk podcast. Mickey, I see that you're drinking something. I hope it's not coffee, because you're supposed to be going back to bed after this, because it, it is super early where you're at right now.
1: It is super early. I'm in Los Angeles. It's about 4 a.m., but happy to be here. But I'm drinking some tea, so drinking nice warm some tea. tea.
0: All right, mm-hmm. I got some coffee here, so I'm going that. Um, and I, I referenced the podcast, which is one of the podcasts on our podcast network. And Rob's just a great guy down North Carolina, a great podcast. So, um, excited to have you here this morning. I can't believe that I honestly, if you had emailed me and been like, nah, I'm out, I would have been perfectly okay with it and understood it. It's super early. I do, we do have some West Coast folks that jump on with us, um, in the morning stuff from time to time. So, um, so if you're West Coast, Mickey's got you represented. You can go back to bed for an hour. So it's good there. But uh, we got a few jumping in. Breeze here this morning. Bree, good morning. Sandra, good to see you. Happy Tuesday to you as well. We got Canada in the house right now uh, with Sandra and Brad. So love seeing you both here. Uh, I'm excited to dive in, like I said, Mickey, to, to talk with your, talk about your message and your book. I also was snooping on your Instagram and watching some of your, your acting reel. And you do voices and you do commercials and you've been on um tv shows and and movies and stuff so i'm gonna get into that too i'm gonna ask you some of that stuff too but before we get going too far into one thing specifically um you are a new face to our community which we love it's one of our favorite things to do on daily drop and it's bring new people with great messages and good vibes into our into our family here so i'd love to take a minute if you could just kind of share who you are what you do why you said yes to this craziness at 4am and just kind of introduce yourself to the audience if you don't mind.
1: Absolutely. So my name is Mickey Hernandez. I live in Los Angeles, but I grew up in central California. So small town called Kingsburg. It's outside of Fresno and it's kind of the opposite of where I am now. It's, it's very, you know, small rural community, I had the opportunity to grow up with the same people like all my life. So it was a really kind of neat experience to grow up in that. And then I moved to L.A., which is obviously a very big city, and went to UCLA and first studied dance for a while and kind of like world arts cultures. And after that, kind of jumped into entertainment, did a little bit of the background kind of like business side of things was in an office and was very uncomfortable in an office I was just like okay like I'm making money I have benefits but like I don't know if I belong here and started taking acting classes which I really kind of fell in love with and and got into that and then went into acting kind of full-time a few years ago and then kind of I, I think I'm just a creative person at heart wrote a children's book and had a manuscript sitting around for a while. And then during COVID, I actually decided to go forward and self-publishing the book, which is now out. And yeah, so I do a lot of different things. <laughs> Always keep myself busy, which is another reason why I'm here. I'm like, oh, yeah, 4 a.m., I can do that. Like, yeah, why not, I don't know. Right? Yeah, I don't have a routine. Like I'm sure you've had to nights. be on
0: sets earlier than four AM. So
1: definitely. I've done like night shoots <laughs> and yeah, sleep I love, but you know, I can always go back to that.
0: I love it. <laughs> so so this is probably not the question that most people ask you, but in my mind, I get interested. When you were doing the behind the scenes stuff, what were you doing? What were the, some of the things that you didn't enjoy? Were you in like a cubicle, but like were you doing like like agent type work or contract type work? Or what was your because it was in so, the entertainment industry still? or
1: It was. Okay. I worked at Paramount Pictures for about oh, four okay. years. And I worked in their theme parks division of all places. So you might be like, oh, Paramount doesn't have theme parks. But they try a lot. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it was actually like a really fascinating part of the business. It was technically licensing. So we would meet with uh, people from around the world who were interested in building a theme park. And a lot of my bosses kind of had, like, an Imagineering, like, Disney background. And we would come up with different concepts for rides or, like, theme parks. Based on Paramount um,
0: pictures and projects and stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it was fun. I, like, got to learn a lot about licensing and kind of, like, the business side of things. But also got to be creative and coming up with, like, if there was a cafe or, like, different type of worlds. And then also, like, hotels and things like that. So it was fun.
0: Yeah. I'd imagine that has has, whether knowingly or subconsciously, served you well as you've got into acting and going into going into gigs and contracts and and agreements mm-hmm. with different people. Understanding some of that is that played into that a lot. Just understanding the language and the the, for lack of a better term, the games and politics that might go on when it comes to contracts and such.
1: One hundred percent. I feel. Yeah. But if I jumped into acting as an 18 year old, I I think I would have been completely in a different mindset, probably focused on the wrong things. But I think, you know, having those years as like an early adult really kind of helped me get in the game of like, all right, this is a business first and foremost. There are a lot of moving parts and really gave me, I think, the, the long term mindset that I think it takes to be successful in Hollywood where I'm like, all right. I understand I'm in this in the long haul. There are a lot of different people and everyone's just trying to, you know, validate their own position and their own job. And so it helps me get a little bit of a tough skin and not take things personally.
0: <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm a such a firm believer in the in the benefits that past experiences bring to us, even if we don't always recognize, you know, the things that we've learned and we take away even from the experiences that we don't look back as in impactful or educational and and then yeah. something happens you're like oh that was from that thing that i forgot i even did in my life like that just clicked and that was interesting so that that's really cool um i i, I promise we're gonna, we're gonna get to the book but I'm, I'm stuck on your your acting and stuff right now um curious what your what has been like the the coolest or i don't know this might be the same one the coolest and or the 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 part that made you the proudest to play or to to book or land and like what is your what are your target like what are you trying to do? like what are your roles that you try to play? is it are you just open fair game for anything? Do you prefer to do action? and I know you do some matching because I want to talk about one of those that I saw mm-hmm. um action or comedy or mm-hmm. drama like where's where's your go to if you if you had your choice all the time?
1: If I had my choice all the time, I would love to play the kind of like a, in a sci-fi world or like near future, okay. so maybe like 50 years in the future and play some type of vigilante hacker who exposes the system. Like I mm. love being kind of the underdog who, you know, is like whip smart, a little conniving, can play both sides type of thing. And then yeah, if there's was like a few fight scenes thrown in the mix that would be awesome. Um, So yeah, my kind of wheelhouse is like darker dramas, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, I also love comedies and I've done like a few different projects in that space. And like improv is really fun. I think really I love just kind of like the the writing side of things in terms of like if it's excellent writing, no matter what genre that I just like love diving into like complex characters. And I think my favorite role that I played It was a few years ago, it was a a fantastic director who was out of USC MFA program, Shinrika Evans. And she wrote a story kind of based on a friendship that she had. And it was a friend of hers who had body uh, dysmorphia and they thought that they were trans. And it was kind of like a pre-transition type of story. And that was really such an eye-opening experience just getting to talk with her and kind of her relationship with this friend who actually ended up passing away and not knowing a lot about the trans community it it was really a lovely opportunity for me to really like learn and like be more empathetic towards that community and and play this character in a way that you know I I couldn't draw on my own personal experience but just from like anecdotal experiences, meeting up with different people and and really teaching me kind of like a, a glimpse of what they go through. So that was really incredible.
0: Can you share the title of that? So if anybody wants to go check it out.
1: Yes, it's called Casey, and I believe it's on Vimeo or YouTube. It's a okay. short and it's beautifully done. It's, it is, uh, you know, quite intense, um, but I think it was, yeah, such a beautiful story.
0: That's 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 awesome. So there's one that I watched. That I can't remember the I you had it in your Instagram reels of your acting mm-hmm. stuff. I can't remember the title of it now. But a bunch of guys with blaster guns trying to get you <laughs> and you are all over the place, sliding on the ground, ninja kicks, you bash a guy's head into the wall. What was that one called?
1: That's called
0: Hexit. Hexit. So uh-huh i just i was i was flipping through i was watching a bunch of your scenes like you know Mm -hmm. you you had a a role in a a corner and and playing there and i was watching a few and then i got to that one i'm like okay they got blaster guns what's going on and then you slam the guy's head in the wall i'm like i'm in um so (laughs) but but my question for that was more about so looked by that it looked like you've had quite a bit of or or at least some uh training in combat and stage combat Mm -hmm. is that something you've gotten into
1: absolutely so i think coming from my dance background i love when
0: you said that earlier i was like oh okay so she uh-huh. only had a lot of that yeah
1: yeah absolutely like the flexibility aspect and choreography mm-hmm. and the great thing about fight combat and i do like kickboxing and boxing just like okay. for fun um but the great thing about yeah combat fighting is that it all is choreographed when it's done well and and you get to be dramatic and, so it's like a dance. you know, I mean, I Is would that... never smash a guy's head into a wall. And so, but it's fun to pretend <laughs> he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Um, sure. So, yeah, I have had uh, quite a bit of, you know, taking classes and workshops and working yep. with stunt coordinators. So it's a blast for sure.
0: Very cool. Um, I would love to pretend smash a guy's head in the wall. Um, so fun
1: you give give a a time
0: <laughs> so all right so let's talk about let's talk about the book um, mm-hmm. so the book is cake mix and I'm gonna let you break it down so it just came out so that's super exciting so congratulations on that self-published that's awesome I love seeing that Tell us about tell us tell us the premise of the book and, and whatever you want to share about the book and then, then we'll dive into sort of how you got there
1: absolutely so it is a children's picture book I have a copy right here it's called cake mix. Uh, learning to love all your ingredients. And it is a really kind of like beautiful story that's inspired by my kind of upbringing and background. It's about a, a first grader named Remy. She's mixed race and she goes to a new school and she's really excited to play with everyone and looks around at all the different groups. And then a flood of kids come to her and ask her all these questions like, where are you from? why are your eyes light, but your, you know, your skin is dark, your hair is kind of curly. Like, what are you? And that big question of what are you kind of sends her off on this, like confusing path of, okay, I'm, I'm a kid. Like, I don't, I don't know how to answer this. And then she goes home to her mom and kind of explains it. And her mom immediately starts baking a cake with her. And she's like, what mom, like what's going on? And then through the process of baking a cake, her mom starts to ask her questions of like, you know, would you enjoy this if it was just made of like one thing? And she learns along the way that she happens to have a lot of ingredients that make up who she is. And then it kind of ties into like, what is ethnicity and defining Mm -hmm. it in a very like kid-friendly way. And then she learns that she doesn't, you know, have to like claim to be one ingredient or the other. Like she gets to be a bunch and a mix of them, and she learns that that's something to be proud of. So it's a very fun, like, really colorful illustrations. My illustrator, Victoria Lewis, did a beautiful job. So it's, like, fun and whimsical, but also I think it's a great tool for parents and educators to kind of tackle, you know, ethnicity in a very kid-friendly way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so um this is why I love Daily Dropping, because I – this is why I got connected to you because I was coming live with you this morning and the book's on the way to my house now. Um amazing.
1: The, the front <laughs> image,
0: I'm like, Oh, that is totally my daughter looking at cake batter. Uh, mm-hmm. But she, I'm, I'm, I love giving, getting her books that are open her eyes to, to things and to think through the kids that she sees that, that might look different than her, that might mm-hmm. practice this in different religions, might think differently other like that. And she has been, just really loving diving into that. So I'm excited for us to, to read that book. She's, Uh, she's, uh, she's seven. Her name is Jacqueline.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: So, so that's gonna be fun. Um, and she loves to bake with her mom. Mm. So it's going to be a really cool connection there. So, so tell me about the, the journey to that book. You said you had the manuscript for a while. sounds like it's been sort of in the works or in your mind, at least for a while. You said it pulls Mm -hmm. from your, your experience. So you can go back as far as you want, however tell you want, but I'd love to hear sort of the journey of how you came to write the book and decided this was something you were going to do. And then if we can go even further into the deciding to self-publish versus going after publishers and stuff like that too. I'd love to hear just sort of that whole thing.
1: Absolutely. So I wrote the manuscript, I want to say about two, two and a half years ago. And it came from, I was volunteering in a kindergarten classroom for a few years in a row in Hollywood. And, you know, it's part of L.A. school district. So I was going to all the public libraries, um, kind of all over the city. And it was really fun to just pick out picture books every week to read to the kids. And I would, you know, read it out loud and, and we would talk about it. And, and it was such a fun thing for me to kind of like interact and always just like loved kids and spending time with them. And um, but the crazy thing to me is that. LA public library system. I want to say a second largest, um, outside of New York. And it was really apparent to me that there were not that many books that I could find. And this was, you know, five years ago that featured kids that looked like the classroom I was speaking to was like primarily like Latino and Asian American students. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it kind of like sent me back to my childhood and thinking about what were the books I read and what were things I was exposed to. And I was fascinated that there were, you know, stories related to holidays or maybe like one kind of cultural moment. Um, But you didn't really get to see a lot of like black, brown and Asian kids just kind of like living their life and doing kids stuff. And so. I, I kind of, after reading like hundreds of books, got really into kind of like the storytelling aspect and like the formula of how these books were told. And I've always kind of had an interest, you know, as an actor and a storyteller. So writing to me has seemed a little bit intimidating, but a children's book seemed approachable. So I started to come up with different ideas and everyone says, write what you know. And I thought that this might be like a great way to introduce myself as a writer, if it, you know, is tied in to kind of my um, background. And so I went through writing the manuscript. I had a few different friends read it. And then I started doing research about, you know, how to get this out there, pitched it out to traditional publishers, traditional lit agents. And, you know, as like a brand new writer no one was really kind of like taking an interest. Um, I had a couple mentors who were passing it along, that I would get people that were like, oh, we have, you know, a story that's like pretty similar. Mm. And, you know, that was frustrating to hear, but as an actor, I'm like used to rejection. But at yeah. the same time, I read a lot of books that were very similar in themes, So I was like, okay, like, sure. Why can um, we print all
0: these books that are the- very similar, but not <laughs> exactly. mine, right? Yeah.
1: Exactly. And so um, I kind of like set it to the side thinking maybe this is not the time for it. And COVID hit. I was inside like all of us were and not able to do, you know, on camera acting. I was able to do some voiceover work. But um, it really was after everything with, you know, the killing of George Floyd and the protests and, Rihanna Taylor, and all of that kind of, I mean, if I'm sure everyone has their own version of that time. But for me, it, it was really, you know, kind of a reminder that I, as like a woman of color in America, I can't necessarily like, wait for other people to give me opportunities. Like, that's just, you know, something that might not just like naturally happen. And so I was really inspired by the idea of ownership and with this story in particular, I think it was one of those that if I did take it to a publisher, you know, it would be out of my hands. It would be Mm -hmm. in the hands of 20 other people. They would have assigned an illustrator. You know, the story may have changed things could have, you know, um, gone a different way. And so I thought, you know, this is a great opportunity to seek out funding on my own. So I applied to you know several different grants and was very fortunate enough to be chosen by uh, a group called I Fund Women in partnership with American Express, and they offered me a twenty five thousand dollars grant, wow. which was incredible. Um, they were you know really championing like Black women entrepreneurs, and from there I kind of pitch. Um, I have a blog as well called Mixed Kids and Company. And so I kind of pitched the blog as this like multimedia platform celebrating diversity from kind of like the lens of mixed perspectives or people who are immigrants, first generation, anyone who has like a multicultural kind of background. Mm -hmm. And so pitch that, got this money and was like, oh, wow. okay, like, let's do something with this. And so part of the money I was able to really... um, devote to the book. And I had an illustrator that I was interested in. I found her on Instagram and you know, like a young, I don't know, she's like 19 years old. And I like DM'd her. She didn't respond. I emailed her like twice, didn't respond for like <laughs> four months. And then finally she was like, oh, hey, like just seeing this, like I'm down. It's like, okay, great. Let's go. <laughs> and so um, from there, it was really such a beautiful learning process. I had a lot of support by being in like a meetup group headed by a man named jesse bird and he's you know an author and publisher himself and and kind of like this community through the internet of like people that were meeting up during the pandemic to discuss mm-hmm. their book and having critique circles and um just really getting in tune with like a lot of resources that are available so hiring an editor a proofreader formatters and kind of going along this long, long process, but it was really incredible because I think it it taught me a lot about, you know, how to take a story from uh, a, a Word document into now this beautiful thing I can hold in my hands. And so I'm very fortunate and grateful to have that, um, that self-publishing experience because I don't know if I'll do it again, to be quite honest. It's a lot of work. Lot and now work. I'm like, you know, in the marketing and like press kind of phase um, and then getting it into like schools and libraries, which is the ultimate goal. Yeah. But it, it really has given me like a ton of insight into how the process works. And so it's something I want to continue doing. I want to write stories of kids doing kid things and I want them to look all shades and and have all different types of backgrounds, and and this is kind of like a great way to intro of like really diving into the publishing yeah. world and and having respect for actually every part of the process. So wow, yeah, that's it's been really fun.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, and what a what a uh, powerful story of advocating for yourself and just going for it, um, going after the grant and and getting the grant, um, mm-hmm. and, and just going through that process. That's really really cool. Um, how long was that process? Cause I, you know, so I got a book back here that I did with a couple of people a few years mm-hmm. ago. And I remember that process, different book. Ours is a, like an educational instruction mm-hmm. book. Um, but ours also doesn't have any illustrations <laughs> or anything either. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, how long was the process from, well, actually no, I was going to stop, but no, like how long did you spend writing the story? But then what was the process? Like when you're like, okay, I'm going to self publish that. What was that process? Cause I, there are a lot of people that watch and listen in our communities who have aspirations to write books, whether adult book or, or children's book. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most common misconceptions or things they don't think about is how long this process really can be, even regardless of what the book is. So how long was that process from how long did it take you to write the manuscript and then how long mm-hmm. from I'm going to self-publish to pay the books in my hands?
1: Yeah, I... I'm trying to think back of how long it took me to write the manuscript. I want to say I did it probably over the course of maybe a couple of months. Okay. Children's books typically have to be under a thousand words. Like the sweet spot is like five hundred to eight hundred words, and I think I started out with about fifteen hundred words. <laughs> I love words. I'm like gotcha. very, you know, and I and I kind of knew it from the aspect of the type of stories I was reading, but I didn't really understand that with picture books specifically, you know, the illustrations are able to speak on their own, or that's what makes like a really great book. Yeah. And so the words, you know, aren't necessarily secondary, but they offer something different that maybe the pictures can't offer. So I I would say like the actual writing of it was probably, I probably wrote it in like maybe a couple of days or three or to four days over the course of two months, kind of like going back and and revisiting it but then the editing and like proofreading and cutting it down process that did take a few months of working with an editor sending it to my critique circle mm-hmm. and really finding spots that I might not have been aware of like initially there was kind of one antagonist and I was kind of brought to light in this critique group that that might not be as received as like inclusive for the story purposes. And so I kind of made it like a group antagonist of like a group of kids asking questions versus one kid. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of like sent me back to, okay, like, how can I rework by like, you know, taking out this main antagonist. So there was a lot, um, several months of kind of that editing and like getting it down to what the story is today. And then when it came to, you know, the actual self-publishing process. I had read that if you take it to a traditional publisher, it can take a year to two years before it hits the shelf. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, "Oh my goodness, that's like ridiculous. That's so long. <laughs> I want to get this out there. you know this so how long did it me. take you? <laughs> it took me from hiring an illustrator to having it available online. it I want to say, July. I can't do that august september october so it took me 14 months about yeah 15 14 15 months and i was very naive i hired my illustrator in july of 2020 we had kind of like a, an agreement in place and i was like okay if you can get this done in four to five months awesome and i wanted it to be out around my birthday which is in march so it's turning 30. So it's like, ooh, big 30th birthday present. Sure, yeah. And uh, sure enough, it's came out in October. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the illustrations, you know, she worked very well. And I had a lot of notes. So that's kind of where like a lot of sure. the delays, you know, and, and like having... I wanted to give her plenty of space to kind of do her thing like I gave an outline of you know these are the characters and the type of qualities I like and some reference photos for like what they're wearing and and I really wanted to give her like a lot of freedom and then from there kind of taking it based on the critiques I was getting then we did have to make changes of kind of the layout of of things. And so there was a lot of kind of back and forth in the later stages of finessing the details. And so the illustrations were finally done, I wanna say, and like formatting was also like a big process too. And, you know, I'm not like a a designer, like a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was like a little, um, something I, I like had to kind of be really patient about is I didn't understand like how intricate everything is and like the layout part. So I think we got the layout of the book finalized around May Um, and then from there, kind of like all of the logistics of, okay, how are we gonna get this printed? How are we gonna get this like available? And throughout the illustration phase, I was doing the research, but if you're interested in, you know, writing a book, anyone listening, um, definitely, I just, you know, be aware of there are a lot of like smaller costs that you might not think about. Like, you have to purchase like a copyright and like ISBN numbers and learning, you know, if you want to print on your own versus going through like a distributor. So, I'm doing print on demand with Ingram Spark, um, uh-huh. mostly because they allow kind of like the ability to go to any library, any school district, any bookstore. And I can send them the ISBN number and then they can order however many copies and then get it directly printed. So it kind of takes out a lot of the printing on my end. But I do um, have like a small kind of batch on my own that I printed that I can like hand out to, you know, like friends and family or like bloggers or influencers and people like that. But yeah, that process of like searching what kind of printing you want to do and then how are you going to market it and and all of that, you know takes a long time and then getting mm. it fully available it didn't have like the finish ready like book that I could like send to a printer until I want to say like July of this year it's like a full year um, right. and then getting proofs back from the printer took some time as well Ingram's very big but they they are maybe the quickest option um, so yeah I didn't have the final proofs until um beginning of october yeah and then i wanted those in my hand and to see them before i was like it's available i didn't want people to get like a backwards printed book or something so that was a very (laughs) impressive
0: breakdown of that timeline um but i think it's really important because a lot of people don't realize that like after you write the book like a lot of the work starts Mm -hmm. like you got that you know you get that part done you're like oh uh, you know i knocked that out i've been dedicating myself to writing and and creating stuff and you're like oh there's a whole lot of work to do now after i wrote the book um and so
1: absolutely that's why a publishing house has you know multiple
0: departments so so if you think about if it's gonna take a year to two years for the publishing house to do that has dozens if not more than like dozens and dozens of people on staff and you were able to do it in what a, a year 14 months not bad not mm-hmm. bad speed I tell you
1: not bad speed yeah not bad. I have... um i know
0: i know brie was here earlier she's probably in her class now but Bree's a children's author twice twice three times over now um and i know she's gonna watch this and fall in love with you and wanna and, and eat that book up like crazy so um, um no, you're gonna get a I fan think... for sure <laughs> and Bree, i saw that she was in it earlier so um That's awesome. I I, Congrats on the book. I think it's an awesome message. I'm really excited to get it in my hands and my daughter's hands and and listen to it. I think if you've been watching with us or listening later, uh, this is a book that I think can bring a really great uh, message into your classrooms, into your school districts. Uh, And it sounds like make you goes in and reads books. So you can probably I'm just volunteering her to like zoom into your classroom or Skype in and read it, I bet. Is that Absolutely. okay? There you go. Yes. So I love it.
1: I, you know, you have a professional voice actor who's gonna read at children's Okay, so book. <laughs> you brought that
0: up again. Curious. When you do the book reading, do you do vo- like when you do? There's a lot of obviously a lot of voice acting mm-hmm. can go. Do you do voices, or is it more like commercial voice acting, or is it character? My
1: my, my lane is pretty much commercials narration. I do. Okay a little bit of like vr games so i have done okay. like some character work but specifically for cake mix it's it's pretty like the illustrations are very fantastical but the characters themselves are really grounded so okay. i kind of just do like my regular just your, uh, yeah but um but yeah i should probably work on my how to sense like a 6 year old there are tools to do it i'm just not there yeah yet. there's some <laughs>
0: folks that it's always fun to me when you when you like the kids shows. And then you find out that the actors are, you know, the voice actors are 45, oh, 50 years old. Totally. You're like, wow, you do an yeah. amazing job sounding like a little
1: kid. It's singing like a little kid. I
0: mean, it's incredible.
1: huh, Impressive mm. skill that I don't have yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you're still light years ahead of me. So that's, that's all right. <laughs> um, all right. I want to transition. Let's so see. We're going to dive into some, some good news uh, and some holidays and celebrate some of that right now. So we'll be back in a second here. All right. Well, welcome back to Daily Drop. We're live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. And for some reason, I had to look up and remember that because I was forgetting where we were. Uh, <laughs> I am here. I've got Nicky Hernandez. We've been all over the place talking about all kinds of cool stuff, including your book. Um, but now we're going to talk about we always love to share some of the holidays that are going on because it's always an opportunity to bring that up with colleagues or in your, your classroom. And there's some a lot of times some some unique ones. Uh, and then we always love to share a good news story as a way of hopefully putting a smile on your face, but also a great conversation starter stuff. So I'm excited about that. So a few holidays today. Uh, today is All Souls Day. Uh, so if you celebrate that, we're, we're thinking about you there. It's the Melbourne, Melbourne Cup Day, which is called Cup Day in Australia, apparently. It's like the largest horse race day in Australia. Didn't know. Uh, it's also election day all over the place. So my kids are off school today because their school is used as an election site. But it's also National Deviled Egg Day. Are you a deviled eggs fan? Like a deviled egg fan? Do you? Oh
1: my goodness, I love deviled day My
0: grandma has always made just. So I hate mayonnaise. Like I hate it. Like I can't eat it mm-hmm. with anything. But for some reason, always love deviled eggs. And my grandma has always made the best. She does the paprika on top so they've got the Mm -hmm. the red glow and and so my mom knows how to do it now so she continues to make it and like so anytime we do you know what grandma brings up there's always double eggs for jeff so oh
1: my goodness so i didn't know
0: but apparently today's the day so wow um really really important this is the holiday that is near and dear to my heart today is actually the 55th birthday of david schwimmer ross from friends
1: all right very important Mm -hmm. day it's also
0: nelly's birthday i don't know if anybody's old as old as me and remembers nelly and country grammar today would be a day to blast some of that because he's 40 <laughs> nelly is 47 which is crazy really? for me to think about yes are we thinking um, of the same nelly yes From a
1: rapper now country star yeah. <laughs> okay um,
0: yes only i know him as a rapper because i'm a decent enough bit older than you um <laughs> but yes nelly who yeah who yeah with the band-aid yeah with the band-aid and the florida okay. georgia line yes um when i was in Gotcha. It was when I was right when I was in high school, close to the end of my high school tenure, it was when country grammar came out, and it was just that's mm-hmm. all anyone just everywhere. Uh God. so kind of seen him, yeah. And then he kind of went away for a while, and then yeah, and then he popped back with what was with Florida Georgia George Line and Cruz, And now
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so anyway, he's 47, which is nuts. And the fact wow. that he was short, 55 is crazy too because anyway, uh so happy birthday <laughs> to Ross and Nelly uh there. So Good news story today I got from GoodNewsNetwork.org, which is one of the places that we go. It's a great uh, site. They have uh, multiple stories every single day of just finding good news around the world. This one comes from uh, Cape Verde, which is in West Africa, and this is they're they're reporting a huge increase in the number of uh, loggerhead. T- sea turtle nest. And this has been due to, there's been a huge conservation effort over the last, what was it 10, 10 or five, five, five years or so, with a 2,000% increase in loggerhead turtle nest. And this has been like, they, they, they're they talking like boots on the ground, people monitoring when it's nighttime. They're out with, like, under the stars, like, watching. They've put some huge restrictions on on poaching and stuff like that. And it's just, I think, it, really cool to see the number of. So they've w- risen from, 10,725 to nearly two hundred thousand um, over the last wow. five years, which is incredible. Um, so this is a great story. One I just love sea turtles, so it's great I to know that so yeah. watching them. Uh, and it's great that the conservation is working, and and they're seeing the the results because they recognize the the impact that the turtles have on uh, on the, the the environment and and mm-hmm. in the world there. So I think uh, and on the ecosystem there, which I have no idea what that impact is. I probably should have read more. But I think this is going to be a great story to share with your kids because, one, it's turtles, so you get to look at the turtles. You can dive yeah. into what conservation is and why that's important, how different animals have such different roles in the ecosystem, how it all works together. You can talk about turtles in general and the different types and everything like that. I think there's a lot you can take from there. And, again, it's turtles. So, like, it's dude from Finding Nemo, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where my mind goes. So, yeah, absolutely. So that's awesome. So keep it up out there in West Africa. That's awesome that they're, they're putting that effort in. Hopefully uh, we have – sea turtles forever uh so so lots of cool holidays today um sea turtle doing better in west africa that's awesome um Nick, it's been awesome having you on this uh i'm super excited about the book and the work you're doing can we talk a little bit about your your website and some of that you mentioned the blog you mentioned it was kind of tied mm-hmm. a little bit into the the grant you got and can you tell us about uh well tell us where to go and find it but also sort of what you're trying to do with the message and the things that you're putting out on that website
1: Absolutely. So it's called Mixed Kids and Company. And it's at www.mixedkidsco.com. And I started it a couple of years ago and, and branched out and did like a podcast for a season and then kind of I'm coming back into like more of a writing thing. But essentially, I love to interview creatives and entrepreneurs who have a multicultural background, And essentially, I just want to A, like talk to people I admire and I think are really cool. <laughs> it's like a good excuse to be like, hey, you wanna hang out? Podcast chat?
0: is really good for
1: that. <laughs> yeah.
0: As, as is Daily Dropping, by the way.
1: Totally. Example. And um, yeah, and it's, and I think mostly I, I think I'm passionate about kind of like opening up people's perspectives by listening to someone from like a totally different, Uh, kind of world than their own. And I think specifically people who are, you know, either mixed or like an immigrant first generation, I think they have like a very unique perspective because oftentimes they're kind of like living in two different worlds or taking up multiple different spaces. And I think that comes with the ability to, to like have a lot of empathy and kind of able to look at things from multiple sides. And I think something that has been a little bit challenging for me over the last few years, specifically when it comes to like navigating Hollywood, is I think that, you know, like identity politics is such like a huge concept and such a huge word. But I think oftentimes people kind of tend to think of like identity and inclusion and diversity as like siloed groups. And I think there's one thing to be like, you know, culturally proud in your heritage. And if that involves kind of like one group and that's awesome, that's fantastic. But I do kind of like fear a little bit that, that some of that rhetoric can lead a little bit to like an us versus them kind of mentality mm-hmm. where I'm really passionate about like, we're, I don't know, we can all learn from one another and like, you know, everyone kind of has like their own unique individual story. And um, and at least for me, like it's, you know, I'm I'm like Mexican and Native American and black and Polish Jewish and like all of these things. But I'm also like grew up in a rural environment in California. or, uh, you know, now I live in a big city. So like I, I'm just like a huge proponent of like intersectionality and like there are multiple things that make up our perspective, not just one like identity factor. And so um, I think that's what the blog is like meant to do is like always coming from like a positive place as well. And talking to people who are like, you know, an artist kind of like doing something new in their space or an entrepreneur who um, is like, you know, creating uh, amazing food for their community. Um, So yeah, just like really looking at kind of smaller kind of I don't know i think as a society we like love celebrities and celebrities are awesome but i'm also interested in like people who aren't famous who are doing like amazing things and so that's kind of like been a really um exciting thing for me is to like learn from other people and kind of their uh perspective and opens up my view of the world as well
0: well that's awesome and you might not be famous yet but you're doing amazing things so keep it up i appreciate you (laughs) Appreciate you jumping on here. Best place to get to the book is it Amazon or do you have somewhere else you prefer? Yeah, it's uh, or...
1: kind of like I wanted to give people options. So if you go to mixedkidsco.com forward slash shop, um, you can find three different links there. It's on Amazon bookshop and Barnes and Noble right now. And an ebook version will be available soon. I, I, definitely highly recommend getting the physical copy because the illustrations are really fun for kids to look at up -hmm. close and um and yeah like i would definitely recommend as a holiday gift it's really great um anyone who you know it's for like five to eight year olds but i have a ton of friends who are buying it for like their babies which i think is adorable um starting their collection young and Yeah. yeah so it's it's out there
0: it's awesome. And you got your handle up front here. Uh, are you most active on Twitter or Instagram? Where, where do we go?
1: Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. That's my kind of like company Instagram. And then my personal is at Mo Mickey, M O M um, I K K I. My real name is Monique. So it's like kind of a blend of the two names. And yeah, I post a lot on there, like acting stuff too. And yeah, a lot of other things.
0: Pretty cool. Well, thank you so much for getting up, super early with us <laughs> and sharing your story and your message uh i'll say it again that i think it's a really important message um i'm excited to dive into the book um i hope it's good because otherwise i'm gonna be really disappointed
1: i I'm mean just, i just... <laughs> i gotta say it might not be for everyone but I, I actually do think it is for everyone i think I it know.
0: i think it is and it should be for everyone i think it's really important for that all jokes aside that um it's it's important to read books that that you know you touched on all the books that you read in the the la county schools and the representation just is wasn't there or Mm -hmm. very it was very specific right versus bringing in that representation is such a key important not just for the kids who are reading the books who look like the characters in the book Mm -hmm. but also the other kids who don't um and realize that oh not all kids look like me and so not all Mm -hmm. books need to look like me and that's okay and i understand and now i'm and if we can build that, that empathy and that just love and kindness into the kids early, we can, that's how we change what the Absolutely. world is now to what it, what it should be. And so I, I, yeah. I, am not, um, I am not, um, what sort of, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not doing anything when I say you are doing important work and your message is really important and I really appreciate it. So keep that Thank up. Thank you. And uh, we will see you. I don't believe this is going to be the last time that you're in our network and and we see your face. I think it's only the beginning. So I appreciate it being on here. I know you're going to go back to bed, but uh, everyone else, I hope you're you're kicking off your day, having an awesome Tuesday. Um, If you listen on the podcast, have an awesome, whether it's Tuesday evening, Wednesday, whenever you're listening to it, we appreciate you. If you need anything, let us know. And we will be back tomorrow morning. Uh, Ray will be back joining you tomorrow morning at the same time for Daily Dropping. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks so
1: much, Jeff. And the stick is done, 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 and the stick is, and the stick is, And the stick is done, and the stick is done, and the stick
0: is done, and the stick 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 is done, and the stick
1: is done, and the stick 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 is, and the stick is,